Load it up. He's the world's deadliest villain. Sorry. He's ruthless. No speak, Russian. Yes! And brilliant. Straight flush. Damn it! I'm gonna turn Washington, D.C. into a pile of ash. He's known only as Dieter. And until now, he's been unstoppable. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, McGruber. Don't worry, this is just like Nicaragua. I got shot in Nicaragua. This is nothing like Nicaragua. Now I'm gonna talk about Barack Obama for a second. Oh, okay. What the fuck did he he did Dak Shepard's podcast? Oh no. Did Dak Shepard try to fucking therapize Barack Obama? I didn't well, I didn't listen to it. I think okay. you know, my understanding is like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are like doing the rounds on like voting rights legislation and stuff. And that's important. Yeah. Obviously, it's very right. important. Yeah, um, Conan was on um or uh, Obama was on Conan's pod, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, but I didn't expect them to go at Dak Shepard. But like that's the thing. Like if I was Obama, like if I was president for eight years <laughs> and retired like there are some things obama is doing that i'm like i totally get it i would do that if i was an ex-president like he produces movies for netflix like i'd i'd probably try to do something like that he had his own podcast with bruce springsteen totally get that like <laughs> if i was the fucking president yeah i'd want to hang out with bruce springsteen uh-huh. um what the fuck is he doing going on Dak Shepard's show? I'm like, kind of would rather talk about you being a president. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Ginocchio, 2024. Because that's an, a concept that I really love. Because you're Catholic, so you automatically get the Catholic vote. No, that okay, first of all, that's not fucking true. And we know that from last year. <laughs> funny i think he's great but i just think it's um i personally would not enjoy going on his show and then talking about myself and him being like oh that's probably because your father didn't love you or whatever yeah it's like like calling into love line but you're but you're barack obama (laughs) exactly if anything i would have him pay me 150 dollars an hour because like i don't want his insight right it's like i I have to be paid to be on this because i can't deal with you yeah (laughs) Ugh, that just I like that one really threw me. I was just like, what yeah. the, you couldn't find and, and like when he was now I'm gonna talk about all the other podcasts Obama was on. When he was president, like he did <laughs> like he did Marin when he was president and like Oh that's cool. That was back when like and like there's a million more podcasts now, but like in twenty thirteen it was like Marin was the show you did. Right. Um and yeah. and that was like a big deal and I, and that was like cool, but it's like who like what the fuck with Dak Shepard come on man you know what you know what the actual solution is is Barack Bring Obama him has to on come on show. our show yeah you're right <laughs> that's the only you're way right. that we can make things right and, and we we can pick whatever movie he wants to watch we can that's true we could do we could do American President which is the Aaron Sorkin uh rom-com he wrote right before West Wing oh with Michael Douglas with Michael right? Douglas yes yeah yeah that's a great one yeah but you know we could do I kind of want to see what Obama is like not when it comes to like American politics okay. like what if he's like I want to watch Friday he's... <laughs> you know what I mean we book him for three episodes and we do Friday next Friday and Friday after <laughs> next exactly that's good that would be incredible or I, like I mean the oh go ahead 
No, I was going to say the invitation is out. The there. invitation's out. And, and look, look, I understand that, like, bringing the first black president on and being like, you have to do all three Friday movies <laughs> could seem incredibly racist. So I will uh, also offer, if you want to come on this season for the, the King of Staten Island episode. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, when it, when we're talking about, like, statistics, statistically speaking, maybe somebody at the Pentagon listens to our podcast. It's entirely we possible. It, we don't know. So likely, if somebody is I would out say. There, it's likely. <laughs> if somebody is out there and has the in with Barack Obama, bring him on. Yeah. We, we, we're available. We know that 90% of our listeners are Department of Defense contractors and direct <laughs> employees. <laughs> When I caught a reflection of you and me Staring back at us while frozen on the screen Crack the white noise and pretend that we're asleep We're asleep, dream, 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 dream What's up everybody? Welcome to Probably Should've Known Better The podcast where we celebrate comedy age poorly i am nadia vasquez only one of your hosts because we have two and the second is my human shield tony ginocchio thank you nadia i'm just gonna get this joke out of the way right away i'm ready for this episode let's pound some cunts <laughs> what a delight today Incredible. we're talking about mcgruber maybe the single best film we've ever watched for the show <laughs> Do you really think so? I, I think it's the best film we've watched so far this season. Oh, this season, yes. This season, I think it's better than Wayne's World. I think it's better than Blues Brothers. I, I don't think it's better than Superstar. Well, that I think that's a personal taste thing, Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> um, but I, you know, the, I... Lo- I've seen this movie only once before. I saw it basically right around the time it came out. And yes, same here. Going back and especially watching it after this string of um, other SNL films, which, you know, are enjoyable, but definitely have a formula. Yes. Uh, this one definitely takes its own approach. Uh, and it just, it's so, it's so fucking good. I'm sorry. It's, it's amazing. It's really fun. I have some personal stories about interning at SNL while this movie had come out. Yes. So lots of great Will Forte interactions. But I think this is, it's not only the most like modern in the sense of just like how it was shot. Mm-hmm. Because y- Yorma's an incredible director and I love him so much. But also just, uh, it's smarter than most of the ones I, I would agree. Smarter by way of being deliberately, aggressively dumber. Yes! <laughs> uh, exactly! So, folks, MacGruber, 2010, directed by the god Yorma Tacone, mm-hmm. uh, starring Will Forte, Kristen Wiig, Ryan Phillippe, Maya Rudolph, and Val Kilmer as Dieter Von Kunth. Incredible and- name. Also, <laughs> is it Kristen Wiig or Kristen Wiig? Uh, I think, if I'm thinking correctly, I think Don Pardo said it Kristen Wiig, so if I said it Kristen wrong there... Kristen Wiig! 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if I said it wrong there, I apologize to Kristen. We know you're listening. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she, she's the one that got a reference or a referral from someone who works at the Pentagon. Yeah, exactly. Friends with. <laughs> exactly. But um, this was, uh, there are nine movies that are directly based on SNL sketches. Blues Brothers came out in 1980. Then there was a break for 12 years. Then <laughs> Wayne's World came out in 1992, and Wayne's World was such a huge hit that SNL basically started making uh, more movies, like basically a movie every year for the entire 1990s. Um, and then from 2000 to 2010, there was nothing in terms of SNL movies. And then in 2010, they made MacGruber, and MacGruber did so poorly at the box office. So sad. That it was pulled from theaters after three weeks, and there has not been a Saturday Night Live movie uh, directly based on a sketch in the past 11 years, which is a shame. A shame and a crime. This movie is incredible. Uh, it's really great. I I don't know what, you know, critics said about it. I'm leaving that to you to tell us. But I, I know that everyone that I saw it with in the movie theater, I had a screening through NYU because, of course, they were like, come see this movie for free and we're like yes we could not hear half of the dialogue because people were laughing so loudly i was skeptical when i heard they were making the movie because the sketch like doesn't blow me away like yeah <laughs> it's it's basically the same joke over and over again and in fact i i didn't see it until it like came out on dvd and my one of my buddies in la was like no 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 you don't get it, this movie's incredible, and you need to watch it, and here's my copy, and go home and watch it now. And I did, and he was right. For uh, any Gen Z people listening, a DVD is this <laughs> is this circular, uh, like, mirror-like device. On one hand, on one side is, like, the label of the movie. On the other side is this, like, mirror. Inside <laughs> of the mirror... The movie is That's hidden. That's where the movie is programmed. The yeah. movie is in the mirror. And so you put it in a thing called a DVD player, and this laser reads the movie, and then it projects it onto your tel- It's amazing. Uh, so the plot of the film, uh, <laughs> if you've seen the MacGruber sketches, you know that it's supposed to be like a loose parody of MacGyver. Um, in, in which he's a detective who makes life-saving equipment out of, life-saving inventions out of household materials. Um... <laughs> And basically the way the sketch has always worked is he was trapped in a room with his sidekick, Vicky St. Elmo, played by Kristen Wiig, who was always like, 60 seconds till the bomb goes off, MacGruber. And he would take too long to fix things and the bomb would blow up. But that's yeah, not what this and, movie is. No, no. And also the sketches were so short that you would see yes. a MacGruber sketch throughout the whole episode of SNL, which is not normal. Right. Yes, that's it's, exactly it's right. That, it's that short and sweet and ridiculous yeah. that you'll get just a few at a time. But they were like, what if yes. we made a movie that was 90-ish minutes long? Yes. And it was awesome. And and one of the two strokes of genius, I think, that makes this movie work is they deliberately did not base it on the sketches. Yes. Um, they. I'll talk about the other stroke of genius in a minute. But um, they, it, like, all of the SNL movies kind of begin with, like, three of the sketches like stapled in a row so we can mm-hmm. introduce the character it happens in superstar where we see Ma- mary Catherine gallagher try out for gymnastics we see leon's radio show in the ladies man um we see a wayne's world like episode of the show at the beginning of wayne's world 
here they basically just said we're just going to do like an 80s r-rated action movie like a rambo or die hard or something like that and we're going to this is the second genius move we're going to cast real dramatic actors yeah (laughs) in the roles and have them play it completely straight and then we're just going to have Will Forte dick around in the middle of it. <laughs> Will Forte is, I think, one of the most underrated comedic actors of our time. Incredible. And I feel like p- people don't give him enough credit. Yeah, he could be my all-time favorite SNL member. In five, in five decades of the show, it is hard to think of someone whose sense of humor has struck me so much. Yes, yes, and he's so committed. Yes. That's the other thing. You can be as funny as you want, but if you don't commit, I I can't I can't fuck with you. But no. he is so committed as McGruber, as um the coach whenever they have some sort of athlete hosting and he, yes. he's like the coach that's trying to get everyone pumped up and then he just dances for 4 minutes. Like he's just incredible at everything that he does. I love him so much. Nobody screams uh, <laughs> for comedic effect. <laughs> like Will Forte can scream. Not just on SNL. He does that on Last Man on Earth, too. Oh, my God. I'm so upset that that got canceled. It, it was... Now, I've only seen season one of Last Man on Earth. Uh, and I oh, think, okay. I won't tell you what yeah, you're I th- missing. I think that's because I had a baby after season one. But, oh, wow. You had a baby. But mm. uh, season one was so good and so, good. so different than anything any other sitcom on network. I think he's just ahead of his time. Um, he is. And it, and it's interesting because his first, I mean, we'll talk about, we can talk about this right now, but his first couple of years on SNL, he basically did George W. Bush and nothing else because <laughs> yeah. all the shit he was pitching was just too weird. Yeah. I, I would say he was like the Tim Robinson of his yes. little class of SNL people. And then Seth Meyers became the head writer and Seth Meyers was like, yeah. You could just go for it, yeah, and let him do whatever he wanted, and it really paid off. Yeah. So, uh, so with that in mind, let I mean SNL in twenty ten, uh, not not an era where I would say there are a lot of sketches I am super fond of, but definitely a lot of performers I really like were in the cast. Yeah, um, yeah the cast era. was absolutely stacked. This was season thirty five. This was the year that I interned at SNL. <laughs> the uh, repertory players included Fred Armisen, our boy Will, mm-hmm. Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, Andy Samberg, Jason Sudeikis, Keenan Thompson, and Kristen Wiig. And the featured players included Abby Elliott, Bobby Moynihan, Nassim Pedrad, and Jenny Slate. Uh, also, John Mulaney was a writer on the show. Yes. So really, hardly any weak links that aren't named Abby Elliott in that cast... <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah the it was not only a stacked cast but that year they had incredible hosts it included megan fox ryan reynolds i don't i mean i'm including this for the swifties taylor swift was on there but fuck taylor swift john ham and the musical guests included justin bieber michael buble kesha and tom petty so it was a, it was a pretty high up there thing this was also the year that uh, I was, obviously I was an intern, and uh, Justin Bieber was there. And he would hide behind things with his friends to scare everyone who was walking around 8H. It was so fucking chaotic that the week that he hosted. I actually was like, 
really anti Justin Bieber for a really long time, but his songs were catchy, and I was like, great. But then I found out about him as a human, and I was like, I don't like this kid. <laughs> he, I witnessed him jumping out of from like behind this wall near the writers' room, where where he like totally and completely scared John Mulaney, and Mulaney like kind of screamed, and I was like, I don't. <laughs> gotta get out of here i don't want to be a part of any kind of like legal battle that happens as a witness it, it was pretty wild but season 10 or season 35 incredible yeah. what an incredible time just uh, now i'm just imagining like the extremely feminine scream that john mulaney uh, <laughs> would have made i just also wanted to to point out that will forte is not only very talented but he's also extremely kind yeah and got to know all of the interns he knew all of our names he greeted us by name every time he would bring uh i would sit in the control room to record the rehearsals to upload to the server so the writers could re-watch what they mm-hmm. were uh what they had written and what was rehearsed see what works what didn't work and he would bring me snacks oh he would like he would jump out because i sat in front of a wall and had to kind of look sideways through a glass door and he would jump and try <laughs> to scare me in like a really nice way and then would give me a snack it was very sweet he was a very nice sweet person and so we all of the interns were extremely happy for his success in getting McGrooper A made. Yeah. And also it was in theaters instead of straight to video. Yeah. Very exciting time. And then we were all incredibly <laughs> disappointed that it did so poorly. <laughs> in theaters, but not very long. No, um, it's <clears throat> really sad. And and it is interesting that you bring because, well, I mean, I'll talk about this more towards the end of the episode, but Forte was pretty convinced he was done acting forever uh, after McGruber flopped in no. theaters. Um, no. And, like, he, he and Yorma have both, like, said in interviews, they're like, no, we wouldn't change a thing about the movie. We're... So we're just amazed they let us make it the way that we wanted to. Um, we wouldn't have changed a thing. We're glad we got to make it. Uh, obviously, it would have been nicer if it did a little better. Sure, sure. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's since, I think, kind of come into its own as a cult classic. Um, definitely more respected than it was when it came out. Um, I think part of that is, especially as we got into the 2010s and especially the second half of 2010s, the precipitous decline of no. Saturday Night Live. So sad. Kind of made I us... mean, you can't, you can't hire people after this cast. No, you, I mean, well, you can, but it's like going to be fucking Pete Davidson and Colin yeah. Jost. I mean, they can and they did, but should they have? <laughs> um, the good news is Will Forte is doing just fine now. Um, so is Kristen Wiig, uh, so is Maya Rudolph, like, they, you know, and, and it all just, um, it all just worked out for all of them, and now this movie, I think, is, is respected and beloved by the only people that matter, who is you and me. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. I've been waiting for this movie this entire all, season. All season. And also, before we get into the movie, Nadia, happy, uh, 50th episode, by the way. Um, oh my god. Happy fiftieth, pal! It's technically going to be the fifty-second episode that we upload to the SoundCloud, but uh, if you don't count the Magic the Gathering uh, bonus episode or the uh, episode we did with our friends at Vicious Cycle, if you treat those as kind of out of the cycle bonus episodes, then yes, this is our fiftieth episode. Wow, I'm so honored to have done this with you for so long. We have just fucked around fifty times plus two. <laughs> uh, so with that said. Um, 
it, for you know first question which i think we've already started to talk on is is why does it work so well well the soundtrack to start banging soundtrack so many slaps so hard <laughs> so many 80 i mean obviously they're parodying 80s action movies but they were like what if we parodied 80s action movies with every amazing song from the 80s the uh you know i i thought the hardest i was gonna cheer music cue wise was gonna be rosanna by toto <laughs> But then I forgot that they also did Take Me Home Tonight by yeah. Eddie Money, which is such a banger, and it's in that so scene, it works so well. <laughs> it's so good because the majority of that song is just him walking in slow motion, and I love it. Him walking in slow motion. And then just the ultimate, like, and it's because Yorma directed the film, the ultimate, like, Lonely Island gag of slow motion giving the finger yeah. <laughs> while you walk by <laughs> someone. I love it. I think... The Lonely Island deserves more credit in general because I think that they kind of, especially for those of us who are super young when they came out, I was mm-hmm. in high school and I was just like, this is shaping who I am as a person yeah. and all of my taste in comedy because everything they do is just so smart by being aggressively dumb. Aggressively dumb. And there are so many moments in this movie that we're going to talk about where they just build, 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 build with this huge setup and just hit the dumbest possible joke. Um, and it's, I mean, the salary one is a great example. And then this, this film also has my favorite, uh, sex scene. I think I've ever seen in any movie. You know, I usually, I hate a sex scene in general. I think we don't need them, but this one needed them. This one's so good. Um, so good. And it's, that's true of like all of Yorma's stuff and all of the Lonely Island stuff. Like Hot Rod definitely was that way. Yes. And, And Hot Rod, I think was written for someone else and they rewrote it um i think it was written for will ferrell or something uh originally and then they rewrote the script and just like no we can make this much dumber um i can see that have you you haven't seen pop star yet right i've not seen pop star yet oh man you're in for a treat that i think is my all-time favorite movie so i'm very excited to talk to you about that oh that is coming later in the season it it is coming yeah so like that all works for me and and like the other but like the other stuff you said uh lonely island produces pen 15 right 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 okay and then which you'll um, love and then uh, I think you should leave. Of course, is a is a yeah. Lonely Island as well. Um, Everything that I love, basically. So I feel like these guys uh, these guys got a good sense of humor. They've got a good sense of humor, and I think you know they're from the Bay Area, which is the greatest <laughs> place in America. So I feel like the. Everything that they were influenced by, I mean, if you've seen the Bash Brothers special they mm-hmm. did for Netflix, it's everything influenced by the Bay Area and hip hop and everything. They're just they they're so weird, but also grounded in uh, a lot of heart. Yes. Nothing is is um, made out of malice or just to, to just to make fun of something. It's just great, and I think that that's why this movie works. Is that it's not about you know that the Val Kilmer villain is not really that bad of a villain. No. I'm actually on his side a lot of the time. <laughs> the, 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 mo- the moment where he's like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. Cause I, I got a team of evil villains together, but I packed a bunch of C4 in the van. When he like psychs McGrooper out with that. And he's like, are, he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I did the exact same thing. It was, a, but listen, I just, everything about this movie, I think, is so perfect, except that nobody fucking watched it. 
<laughs> no, that's exactly right. And I think the other thing that we need to celebrate for a few minutes that also makes this movie work is Will Forte's ability as an actor. Um, yeah, super underrated yeah. actor. He, I mean, it, he plays it so straight. Yes. Which is why it's so funny. But if he had played it on the nose comedy, it wouldn't have worked. And it's not like the other... I'm, I'm sorry to just keep talking about how great this movie is, but like this could have been like a C-plus movie if he yeah. played the whole thing as like this macho, like the first 15 minutes, he's kind of like, hey, I got an idea. No fucking way. Like he's playing yeah. it up. And it's a funny line, but he's just playing it off this super machismo, like big action star guy. But when the van blows up and when he starts going, no, 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 no. Like that's when the movie turns the corner for me. Yeah, it's really, he's just so good at playing Every facet of humanity. What a cool fucking guy. <laughs> Just I, w- I want to hang out with him so bad. The, I'm putting it out into the universe that Will Forte will be my friend someday. The fact that the fact that he like starts as this tough guy and then you realize that he's this just pathetic like like just crushing anxiety within him and and it all is starting to come out he picks up ryan Philippi at one point and uses him as a human shield <laughs> like <laughs> so good uh okay sorry um opening scene and theme song uh no notes a plus on that uh basically we get introduced to val kilmer's character who is stealing a nuclear warhead Right, in the most violent way possible. Like, don't think that you're going to come into this without watching the most Hard ridiculous R. violence you've R. ever seen. I'm not a, I'm not somebody who watches these kind of, like, I've never seen The Sopranos. I've never seen, like, The Wire. I couldn't get through the, that episode of Breaking Bad where he breaks the plate and he has to With kill the, the guy yeah, in the basement. Yep, yep. Can't, I, was, I was like, I can't handle this. I don't want to do it. But I watch this and I do not close my eyes because everything about it is so funny. It's very over the top. And then it made me think... They took all of the tropes of 80s action movies like henchmen yes. and like Russia being the villain. Yes. Like yes. all of that stuff and they really made it work. And I just thought like there's no way that you can start an SNL movie as seriously as this and then end up where we end up. And, unless you're very good at directing. And that's where Yorma like really shines. I and think. that's the thing. There, there's no other SNL movie that could possibly begin this way. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing else. There's nothing else where the stakes are this high, um, but but there's nothing else where there's there's this much focus on like no, we got a story. We're gonna hit it hard. We're not gonna hit the sketch beats until literally the like second to last <laughs> scene of the movie. Uh, well, oh, here's the question then: Did this movie break our rule, low stakes uh, rule? Our low stakes rule and our ninety minute rule. Well, no, th- this movie was ninety minutes. Um, exactly it's right around there um now i i watched the unrated version um which is the version that's too outrageous for theaters and uh i i watched it on through apple tv i don't know okay so i don't they may have added like an extra minute or two to mine but um, okay but to play it completely straight at the beginning to cast val kilmer as the villain and have him play it pretty straight um those are both choices and they're good choices and then uh, the theme song that they play at the beginning is obviously, like, first of all, it's taken from the sketches, but so it's obviously, like, jokey, the guy's a fucking genius, and then, uh, 
That yeah, they describe him as a real American hero, an explosives expert, and a skilled lover. Yes, he made a fucking movie. Uh, and he also does his own saxophone solo, because you can't have an 80s theme song yes. with the sax solo. Oh, is Will Forte doing the saxophone? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's shirtless, and it's just his silhouette shirtless with the saxophone. It's amazing. That's great. So we get basically the army, uh, and the colonel is played by the guy from Deadwood, uh, who plays Tolliver, and then um, Ryan Phillippe is, is kind of going to be MacGruber's partner. Find MacGruber in the desert, where he's been... Uh, quote-unquote dead for 10 years um, and so we're introduced to his character former navy seal army ranger and green beret recipient of 16 purple hearts and the starting tight end for the university of texas at el paso what up utep that's where my mom graduated from <laughs> <laughs> i was very excited about that but we learn val kilmer's villain's name yes which is very exciting it is cunts yeah they're like no nah, i've retired a long time ago colonel i'm done with that no mcgruber it's cunts um and just imagine how happy they must have been to get away with that <laughs> yeah. just incredible i mean you, yeah it's great but uh, we find out that cunts uh murdered will forte's future wife at their wedding at who their... was played by Maya Rudolph of course uh, Maya Rudolph also one of my favorite um, cast members of all time but yes they were they were there's a flashback they're getting married in an outdoor like little pavilion and as she's about to say I do <laughs> pulls up in a car and is holding a detonator and McGruber realizes too late there's a bomb under the priest's lectern <laughs> Yeah, and, and Val Kilmer says, fuck you. Fuck you, in slow motion and blows and her up. And every, and uh, we are led to believe that MacGruber also died in the explosion. Right. But. But he, instead has been yeah. in hiding. Yeah. And MacGruber has no first name. No. <laughs> Just know that it's, it's it will never be addressed. And that's fine. That's fine. So he decides it's his chance to get revenge on Kunth. He's getting, he's, he's coming back in the game. Uh, there's a montage where he screams in the rain and then he goes to his coffin where his body was fake buried, pulls his old vest and jeans out, puts it on, then screams again in the rain. Well, before, before he screams, they, they do have this tiny montage that harkens back to the Val Kilmer Batman which is when he's putting on the Batman outfit and it's like his sleeve, yes. his pecs. Yes. But for MacGruber, it's his wet ass because it's raining. And you know for sure that it's not his ass. Like they got an ass double and he's wearing tidy whities that are just soaked through. And then he turns, he puts on the vest and then like cuts off all of his long hair into yes. his iconic mullet. Yes. It was It's a really wonderful reference to one of Val Kilmer's best roles in my opinion. Yes. Uh, I would say his second best role overall. Have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I haven't. I want to, though. Oh, he's outstanding in that. <laughs> okay. I also want to see his documentary, but we'll get into that. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so he shows up to headquarters and, for I, I also love, for no reason, just decides to be real antagonistic with Ryan Phillippe's character. Yeah, well, there is a, a Lonely Island-style bit where he pushes through the doors and says i'm in but it's a break room where all yes. the janitors are sitting and then he has to do it again in the actual pentagon and then sees the other guys love that moment it was great yeah. and then of course he uh 
has to be a little too macho. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, what is Philippi's character's name? I'm Lieutenant just gonna, something. I'm just going to call him Ryan Philippi. So. Listen, I have an SNL story about Ryan Philippi. Oh, yeah? Should we do it now? We can do it now. Okay. So when I, when I was an intern, there were after parties at SNL, and then there were after after parties. So mm-hmm. an after party was just cast and crew, and then the after after was everybody could go. But it fucking started at four in the morning. Yeah. So you had to call a hotline and get a password and the location. They would record like a outgoing message that's like, tonight's party is at blah, 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 and the password is blah. So it was at UCB when it was the Ryan Philippi Kesha episode. Okay. And uh, up over in Chelsea, may it rest in peace. Maybe. And, maybe rest in peace. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was, I love it. But uh, I, that was the party where I brought a friend of mine. We smoked weed with Keenan Thompson, which was really fun. That's, okay, that rules. <laughs> yeah. And then we, while we were dancing on the stage of UCB, because like it was just a fucking party area, uh, Ryan Philippi walked by me and grazed my breast with <gasps> his hand on accident. Oh, on accident. And then, okay. And then he apologized. Oh, well, that was polite. And it was, I was like, Ryan Phillippe touched my boob. <laughs> it was amazing. It was one of the one of the greatest nights of my entire life because of the Keenan thing and then also the Ryan Phillippe thing. Because, like, I mean, he's hot. He's yeah, also no. short. He's a lot shorter than you think. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my fun Ryan Phillippe story. So that's all I kept thinking about because he looks absolutely gorgeous in this movie with his beautiful curly eyelashes oh yeah and his lovely face oh yeah and so they're like well philippi will be your right hand man and wilford has got a, a great line here which i which i love is i've got a better idea no fucking way uh, <laughs> he also tells ryan philippi you think that your shit doesn't stink but it does stink it stinks like shit <laughs> i loved that line he just he he's he just gets so many good lines and delivery's good. And then he says, yeah, give this a shot. And then just headbutts Ryan Philippi uh, <laughs> right in the head. And I wrote, God, this is already hilarious. Yeah, uh, it, it just, it starts out really strong. I do think, however, in the middle, it does lull a little bit. Sure. But we'll get to that. Sure. Um, and he gets in his car. And, and the, also, great uh, directing here. Like this heavy prog rock, like 80s sound is playing when he walks up to the car and then he gets in and turns on the radio and immediately switches it over to Rosanna by Toto and just like the <laughs> 80s soft rock station. Yeah, and, and we see him on a road trip. He's got to go build up his team. So he's yes. got to go to basically every uh, big, giant man he knows. And he'll get out of the car and take his car stereo with him. Because as we all know, in the 80s, there were no, like, car alarms. Yes. So your radio would get stolen all the time. Or you'd use, like, the club or something so that it wouldn't get stolen. So that's, like, part of his thing. Yeah. He would just get out of the car, take his radio out, and then go see his friends. And then there was a montage of that uh, macho handshake thing that we saw, like, in Rocky. Yes. Which was and, incredible. And all the um, all the names on the list that he's going to are like Vernon Freedom, Tug Phelps, Tanker Lutz, Brick Hughes, like just <laughs> just big lug meathead names, which is great. And they're all I think they're all professional wrestlers. I'm I think not you're right. familiar yes. with that community. But uh, I did laugh at how giant they were. There was one moment that I don't think would fly 
nowadays. But yes. uh, MacGruber finally gets to the last giant man, and he gets handed a smoothie by a guy, and then they start making out, and MacGruber's like, ew. Scratches and then, him off the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would apply nowadays, but it makes sense, you know, if it was an 80s thing. Yes. Um, and the other the other line that made me really laugh was when he was talking to one of them. He's like, you've been working out in the past 10 years? Every day's a workout when you got a 20-pound python in your pants. And MacGruber's <laughs> friend is like, huh, you and your dick comments. And MacGruber, perfect delivery. It's fun to say them. <laughs> it's fun to hear them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then there's the last person that he's trying to get for his team, and that's Vicky St. Elmo. Oh, Vicky. She's just living a suburban life where she writes music about love. And she also is stuck in the 80s. Yes. Everything she's wearing, her hairstyle, it's all 80s. Kristen Wiig, heavy 80s feathered hair. Um, and uh, she turns him down. She's like, no, I'm retired. I'm doing my music now. Um, and so, But if she changes her mind here's a little note about where he is. And she opens the note and it just says, I'm at the Pentagon in like a third grader's handwriting. It's so funny. It's just... It's, it would have been one thing if they like wrote it like a regular, like a, like a... Yeah. Just a regular person's handwriting, yeah. but it was clearly written by a child. That's really good. So... so. Uh, he gets back. All of his team is in the van. He has some more back and forth with Ryan Phillippe. How's your nose, rookie? And Ryan Phillippe's like, I banged it into a giant vagina. McGruber's comeback is, I bet you wish your nose was a dick so you could use it to fuck butts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then McGruber explains that he's got his crack team in the van, and he's also hand-packed the van with all the C4 he's going to need for the mission. And then the van blows up and kills his entire team. It's so sad, and he, of course, just loses his mind and becomes the MacGruber we see throughout the rest it, of the movie, which it, is very flawed. Incredible reaction of him just completely falling apart. <laughs> just, no, 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 just... And the, we, we get taken to the Pentagon after that because, you know, there's been a funeral for all of them. And the, the colonel's like, look, I got to take you off of this. You're clearly not well. All of your friends have fucking died. And he's just like, no, don't do this. And the colonel leaves and it <laughs> leaves Will Forte with Ryan Phillippe. And he's like, you know what? I really want you to be on my team and ryan Phillippe shuts him down and then he totally loses it again and he's like i will suck your dick i will suck your fucking dick <laughs> just point at something in the room and i'll fuck it for you just tell me what you want me to fuck and then he takes his pants off and you see his butt it's a whole thing it's it's that just the 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 fact that and I think this was probably deliberate because, like I said, if he had stayed the same way he was in the first 15 minutes of the movie, I would have given this movie, like I said, like a C-plus grade. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's just falling apart for the rest of it is I think this, so this could have been something helpful that they could have done in, like, The Ladies' Man. Yes. Because, like, Leon was the same throughout. But if they gave him, like, a little bit of patheticness, that would have been really good. Yeah. But they didn't, and so that's why it's just fine. But this is so good. MacGruber <laughs> is so multidimensional. It's so, he's just falling. He's he's hit absolute bottom. He's just begging Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> Literally absolute bottom. Absolute bottom. And begging. Ryan Phillippe is like, you know what? Fine. I'll do it. But... As he's when saying he that. explains why 
his he wants revenge with Kunth. Uh, this is the. He he said uh, that well we had the wedding flashback already he did oh, we right. didn't get we didn't get Kunth's backstory yet we're gonna get that oh later. yeah yeah that comes later but okay. as as he's agreeing to join the team Vicky Saint Elmo walks in and says I'm in too uh, and uh, there's one kind of funny gag where Will Forte is like what about your music and Vicky says it can wait <laughs> it's really good so now we got our crack team we got three really great team members and they go to the COVID capital of the world Las Vegas. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so they have, so the first scene, the first thing they try is, uh, having Vicky be, uh, the decoy, having Vicky dress as MacGruber in order to draw Dieter von Kunth out. Right. Yes. So she, so first they go to Vegas to go to a nightclub that yes. Kunth owns. Yes, that's and right. So, that's right. So they, he totally, I mean, I think in 2010, we weren't, like, terrified to go clubbing because none of the, like, scary things have happened at the clubs yet. But if I had been there and been like, whoa, what the fuck? He totally stops the music, uses a microphone, and basically lets the world know that, A, he's alive. He's alive, yeah. (laughs) Which, like, totally doesn't help his case. And, two, that he needs to... Uh, connect with Kunth in some way and so he's going to be at a cafe at 2 o'clock the next day just totally giving away all of his information and then leaves yes and so then we see a scene where Kunth is uh, painting a nude woman which which is a really great touch and discovers that MacGruber is alive and everyone's and, like, no, MacGruber doesn't pose any kind of threat. And he's like, you're fucking stupid. He's the biggest threat. He's the biggest threat. And there's a great line where Kunt is like, do you remember the assassination of Jimmy Carter? And his henchman is like, well, no, sir, but that never happened. And Val Kimmer's like, that's right, it didn't. Uh, the, the implication being MacGruber saved Jimmy Carter's life. <laughs> Right. And and there are uh, photos of MacGruber, and the last one is him double giving the double bird to the camera, and then Val Kilmer just says, "Do not underestimate this man." So so Beautiful now moment. So now that MacGruber's set up the decoy, Vicky Saint Elmo, Kristen Wiig is dressing as MacGruber. She's like wearing the vest. She has a wig on. And she's got a mullet, got, and they're they're. They're sitting in a van 20 blocks 20 away. 20 blocks away. She's like, don't worry, Vicky. We're on, they, they got her on the earpiece, right? And they're like, don't worry, Vicky. We're only seven blocks away. And, and Vicky's like, seven blocks? He's like, ah, you got me. 20 blocks. There were no spots closer. Yeah, so she's ordering. She orders a latte. And he's like, wait, no. MacGruber would not order a latte. He would order a tall ta- or a giant Tazo tea. So she gets her Tazo tea and she puts her money in the tip jar and he's like no no i wouldn't leave that big a tip yeah so she had to fish out the money the poor people at the cafe were just watching her like she's absolutely insane yeah uh and unfortunately their plan is foiled because the henchmen find find the van they find the van and he starts shooting at them yes and they very narrowly get out of this very narrowly escape while vicky is screaming because she hears all the shooting in the earpiece she collapses on the floor screaming (laughs) and when the firefight is over she gets off she gets up and brushes herself off and says my teammates were getting shot to the rest (laughs) of the coffee shop the one thing that i noticed 
I hate this about uh, just Hollywood in general <laughs> is the empty cup acting. Uh huh. Yeah. There, th- we had a the, moment. The where object work. The object work wasn't great. Like it was very clearly an empty cup, and there was like a hollow empty cup sound when the guy put the drink down. Don't like that. Like I, I just that was where I kind of was like, this is the one flaw in this movie. <laughs> But, okay, so 9.9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point one was the, uh, empty, cup. the empty cup acting. No, I don't like that. Uh, so, basically, you know, that plan is a flop, but uh, they learn from all of this that uh, Kunt is planning to buy the passcodes to launch the nuclear warhead that he stole. So now they killed the guy who was trying to shoot him, and... They're like, okay, we'll pretend to be this guy, and then uh, we'll buy the passcode. So that's the next, kind of the next set piece is the uh, sale of the passcodes. And so they're like hanging out. The three members of the team, Will Forte, Ryan Phillippe, Kristen Week, are hanging out outside the compound where the sale's going to go down. And uh, They dress her up like the henchman they just killed. Yes. And then Ryan Phillippe is dressed as MacGruber. Ryan Phillippe as MacGruber. Why am I Haas? And why am I you? Uh, And then uh, we get, I would say, the most iconic uh, scene in the film, which is Will Forte has to create a little distraction. (laughs) And the distraction is he's completely naked from the waist down, and in his butt is a piece of celery sticking out. Jammed a stalk of celery into his ass. And just yelling, bah, bah, and jumping around with the and again, very lonely island gag of like they've built up the tension in this scene for a, a full minute. They're like, "What are you doing?" And he's going through like all his gadgets, and he's like making a little distraction, and it's just this. <laughs> we it also is established that MacGruber does not use a gun. He yes. would rather use his own method of his madness. That's you know right. what I mean? And it's the fucking celery. So the, it does work, though, because everybody there is so shocked and is like, what the hell? And in that moment, Ryan Phillippe takes them all out with a sniper rifle. Yes. And they all die. They all die. The handoff still doesn't work, though. They, fi- they like, figure it out right away. <laughs> yeah, because she's a woman. That it's, it, that it's Kristen Wiig. Uh, and then from there, she uh, they, lo- they lost the money that the guy was going to buy the codes with. They need something else. To, they need to pick a new avenue to yes. get to this missile. Is it Warhead? Yeah, whatever. It's, a, nu- it's a, a nuke. It's a nuke. A nuke. It's a nuke. <laughs> and uh, one thing they find is an invitation to a party at Dieter von Kant's house, and MacGruber gets the idea to infiltrate it. Uh, saying, I'm going to keep a real low profile, don't worry. Then immediately smash cut to him in an all-white suit and aviators uh, walking in slow motion to take me home tonight. Uh, It's so good. Yeah, he flips off people. He's (laughs) knocking things over. Like, but then we we get a moment of vulnerability because Vicky St. Elmo's there in a in an all white power suit. Also, also incredibly conspicuous. Yeah. Yeah, and and he thinks she looks beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. And she does not like that she's agreed to tail the super handsome henchman. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, you think she's he's so handsome? Why don't you marry him? Very immature. 
Very great. And uh, he also took a double... Or an upper decker. upper decker in the master bathroom. In the, in the master bath. But but an upper deck, As I understood, an upper decker was like, that's where you shit on the seat. And he no, thinks... No, no, you do it in the septic tank. Okay, he thinks an up, upper decker is shitting on the tank, right? No, uh, where, where are you from where you shit on the seat? Well, I just assumed that was... Uh, what an upper decker was that was how i always i haven't done it <laughs> i don't know what the thing that you mentioned is called but an upper decker is do it in, doing it in, in a the septic tank. tank okay because then it's really hard to clean it is that would be very hard to clean that's fine that's <laughs> i just i just had to change the chain in my toilet in my bathroom and that's you know there's a lot of water everywhere and you have to turn it off first that's challenging <laughs> Can't even imagine what it'd be like to have a turd in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, they have a showdown at the party, um, and there's some there's some very funny moments uh, where uh, for Dieter von Kunt, like makes the joke about how he blew up his own van to trick McGruber into saying, like, "You are fucking kidding me! I did the same thing." And then uh, the other line I love here is is McGruber's threat to Dieter von Kunt saying, I am going to rip your dick out and shove it in your mouth, and that is non-negotiable. Uh, <laughs> which is something he will repeat like eight more times in the movie. Yeah, it's great. The The big plot point here that we cannot forget to mention, because it comes back later, is that Kunt is playing against a United States senator in a poker game. Yes, yes. And loses, or the, the senator loses $750,000, and is tasked with something we don't know about. Hmm. They do include a an envelope of some type in his gift bag, and we will see it hmm. later. Put a pin in that, everybody. Pin in that, yeah. It's going to be Chekhov's envelope. And so <laughs> uh, so he basically, he walks right up to Von Kant and is like, what are you going to do? Uh, and then MacGruber just gets immediately thrown out of the room <laughs> and gets pulled off the mission. Yeah, well, yeah, he showed his face. Kunt knows that he exists now. They All the elements of surprise that they had are gone. Now. Completely so gone. He, he, it was his own hubris that created these kinds of problems. And the colonel takes him off the case, and he's super, super bummed out about it. Because he needs to exact his revenge. Super bummed about it. Tries the colonel again with the, look, I will let you fuck me. <laughs> I will suck your dick. I will suck your fucking dick. <laughs> this movie is rated R. Just, I mean, it's I don't a know hard, if hard, hard R. R. And a if it's R. not clear why, we should do the next scene, which is where he bonds with Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they're they bonding at, in this, like, trailer park area. Uh, and, and Ryan Phillippe's curious. Like, what what is the deal with you and Kunth? Well... <laughs> Turns out, MacGruber and Kunth were college pals. Yes. And he was the one who was dating Maya Rudolph in college. But she they cheated got, on him. They got engaged. They were engaged and she was pregnant with his child. Yes. And they, she cheated on him with MacGruber. And then he's like, and she, she was pregnant with his child. And of course, I had to have her terminated so we could start fresh. So we could start fresh. And then, and then McGruber's like, and then he took that from me. <laughs> and Ryan Phillippe has the reaction all of us are having, which is, this is fucked up. He's so horrified. 
<laughs> and the way McGruber like tells the story too, he's like, "Yeah, they were engaged, but then I started banging her and mowing her box, you know." And she was the first person I was comfortable enough to have eat my ass out. <laughs> yeah. He says, "Eat out my butt." Yeah, which made Ryan Phillippe so uncomfortable. And of course, this was not said in front of of uh, Vicky. Vicky. She was out using the bathroom number two, and <laughs> at that moment, though. We fucking run into some problems because yeah. some assassins come to take out MacGruber. Suddenly ambush and so MacGruber's <laughs> knee-jerk reaction, incredible action sequence, grabs Ryan Phillippe and drags his body in front of him to use him as a human shield. Uh, and then runs with Ryan Phillippe's body to the car with Vicky and Ryan Phillippe's like, holy shit, man, that was incredible. How did you know I was wearing a bulletproof vest? And he's like, you were wearing a bulletproof vest? <laughs> You're and Ryan Phillippe is so, so pissed. He's, he's so, so upset. They just bonded. Like, their their whole weird antagonistic relationship was over until that moment. And he got so pissed, he's like, I'm, I'm off the team. It was incredible because it was just like middle of act two, these two guys who have been pissed at each other bond, and then you just completely undo all of it. Yeah, it was so sad. But, you know, they what, what else was he going to do? He betrayed him. <laughs> He would have. He would have absolutely let him die. Oh yeah. I would. It would. You know, because MacGruber is really not that great of a hero, as yeah. we as we're finding out very slowly. Yes. So he MacGruber also took a bullet, uh, in the thigh, um, and uh, and so you know Ryan Phillippe's <laughs> like I'm fucking done with you. He walks away, and then Vicky uh, ends up treating MacGruber at her house, uh, bite down on this. <laughs> no, I deserve pain. Uh, type of thing uh and then uh they kiss and then we get to the sex scene my favorite part of the sex scene i never thought i would say these words my favorite part of the sex scene was um you see will forte's bare chest which is so hairy and a hand her hand going down his chest and then putting her finger into his belly button is my favorite image from that entire thing so funny and then it just turns it was it's very romantic so it's a 80s style soft focus lens like take these broken wings is playing and then (laughs) and then it's like the most awful smash cut to look here's the thing about (laughs) men having sex it's disgusting (laughs) yeah him just pumping, going, my God, I'm going to friggin' explode inside you. It's so gross. It's so gross. But you can't not laugh it's at it. It's so funny. I'm sorry. And, and, and it's the same Lonely Island gag where they'll do it for too long. Yes. And then it it gets to the point where it's too uncomfortable, and then it keeps going. Comes and back it's around. funny again. Comes back around. Him just going, uh, I'm going <laughs> to spill it. I'm going to shoot. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say I'm going to shoot until the second sex scene, which is two minutes after this sex scene. Right. <laughs> so so they, they finish and it takes a while. It, I'm not going to describe why you just have to watch it, but there is a moment where he completely freaks out emotionally because he had promised Maya Rudolph that he would never be with another woman again. Mm-hmm. So he goes to her grave. He's got a letter now. Goes to her grave. 
and apologizes to her for making love to another woman. And her ghost appears, Maya Rudolph appears, and tells him it's okay. And then immediately the two of them start to fuck. (laughs) And it's the same gross, disgusting sounds and everything. But she is a ghost, and so there is a a, a groundskeeper Uh, from the cemetery that walks by, and just he sees his bare ass fucking the air. Just fucking the air. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna fucking shoot. It's so gross. Again, too long. And Incredible. Then, oh, just long enough. It's great. It's really, they, it, just when you think they can't come up with something else, they do. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, A plus on the sex scene, uh, both of them. Uh, and then uh, we have the colonel uh, who calls McGruber and tells him to, you know, you can't pursue cunt anymore. But it turns out the colonel's being held at gunpoint by that crooked senator. Oh, Chekhov's envelope. Yes. Uh, so. And he gets shot and killed. Yes. So McGruber, I don't think he's killed, right? Because he shows up no, in the no, final they, scene. No, no, they say that he's killed, and I think that it's like a gag that he they, shows up Yeah, in the it just doesn't scene. matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's just dead, okay. and then we see him later. But okay. <laughs> So he gets, he's, he gets found by someone at the Pentagon and is like, McGruber, who was right? And then he dies. And yeah. so they need to get in touch with McGruber to let him know that this is still happening. But McGruber doesn't need the Pentagon. He doesn't need the U.S. government. He's already out there and he's looking for cunt. Yes, he's, he's ready to pound some cunt. And Ryan Phillippe's <laughs> like, you know, you say that a lot. Well, it's a good joke. Um, he's like, and, and the best part is, and it's, it's very subtle because they actually don't point it out when they get to it. But he says like, I got a good line for when I finally, uh, finally kill him too. Uh, and we'll get to that later. (laughs) Yes, we will get to that. But, uh, what happens next? We're kind of at the penultimate. Yeah. He reunites with Ryan Phillippe and they get to Kant's compound. Because they kidnapped Vicky. Yes. Yes. That's what happened. They kidnapped Vicky and uh they track down the nuke using like the phone tracker it really doesn't matter how they get yeah, yeah, there yeah. they just get there it's basically the same place they were earlier they get just to the different com- lighting they get to the compound and it's time to start ripping some throats oh god this is where i did kind of close my eyes because it's so gross but mcgruber is known for being a throat grabbing ripper. guys by the throat and just ripping the throat out it's disgusting. So we see that like a lot. We see it a lot. He rips one for the guard outside. He rips one for the guard inside and says, awesome. Got another throat rip in. Got to go for the turkey. <laughs> That's a bowling term for three strikes in a row. I applied it to throat rips. <laughs> and the other line I love here is if ripping throats gets that warhead back, I'll suck as many dicks as I have. I rip as many throats as I have. <laughs> incredible incredible absurd stupidness and it works it works so well and vicky is uh tied to a chair at this point and is finds a little tiny knot in the wood of her chair and is using that to rip open her uh ties and we we get left on red here because we don't know if she got out or not yes very very scary uh but then mcgruber and Ryan Phillippe are cornered. They're cornered. And they, they're nowhere near Kristen Wiig. They're nowhere near the nuke. But they're around so many guys with so many guns. Yeah. So Ryan Phillippe 
slides a gun over to mcgruber and is like you're gonna have to use this and mcgruber <laughs> picks it up and just starts firing bullets wildly like not hitting anything yeah. and immediately the, the real reason why he never uses guns is just because he doesn't know doesn't how to know use them how. but immediately she's just like holy shit this is so much better than those stupid fucking gadgets i used to make so good so he he hits no one but ryan Philippi hits everybody yeah. and they're they're fine uh, eventually getting to Vicky. And, and gets we... the gets the third throat rip. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. right. I Ryan Phillippe's like, you really want that throat rip, don't you? He's like, yeah, but I know you're not into it. <laughs> <laughs> and they do. They get the guy. His his throat is gone. And uh, they finally find Vicky, who we think is getting out, but she really just tangled herself in more with her ties and is like on the floor <laughs> in a broken chair. And is like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and gag. so they get cornered by Von Kuntz. Oh my god. And they're gonna launch a nuke towards Washington. Uh, towards the Capitol. And they're gonna frame MacGruber for it. And Von Kuntz holds up this manifesto and he's like, they're gonna know you did it <laughs> when they read your anti-government manifesto outlining your plan to nuke Congress. And it's just binder paper yeah. with the words, fuck you America. <laughs> yeah, and... Not only is that funny, but MacGruber's reaction of like, guys, you got to believe me. I did not write that. And they're like, we know. (laughs) So funny. But before anything happens, they have MacGruber basically by the balls. They have his hands behind his back. They've got their friends held at gunpoint. And Kunth wants to do just one thing before anything else happens. (laughs) And he takes out these golden scissors and chops off his mullet. Yeah. So upsetting. Everybody is so worried and crying. <laughs> and then Will Forte has this beautiful moment where he's full of rage. He's incredibly red. Yeah. His head is shaking. And that is what propels him to kill everyone. It <laughs> gets double throat rip in. Ryan Phillippe does the celery thing to create a diversion. <laughs> Yes, we see Ryan Phillippe's butt. Yes, and, uh, you know, um, chains uh, Von Kunth to the warhead and uh, said, only record I'm going to break is the amount of dick in your own mouth record. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Kunth, uh, oh, no, and, and what happens is this now 70 minutes into the movie, we get a MacGruber sketch. Yes. Three minutes, MacGruber. Yeah. So, and this, I just think, is so brilliant. It's like the entire movie, we're like, we're not going to make it a sketch because the sketch is dumb. And then at the end, you're like, but you kind of want to see one MacGruber sketch. Yeah. And it, it has to be the ultimate thing, which is a nuclear warhead. So there, he's asking people for a bunch of random things. And they're like, here you go, MacGruber. And, and it's Ryan Phillippe and Kristen Fig. <laughs> I also love opening the warhead and just reacting with, holy shit, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. So he's asking for all these materials, and you think that he's going to be building something to take apart the nuclear warhead, but he actually just fashioned an engagement ring for Vicky (laughs) and asks her to marry him. And she's like, yes, 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 two minutes, MacGruber. It's very romantic. Very romantic. So they get away. Von Kunth is chained to the bomb, and they get away. Um, And we cut to six months later, uh, which is the wedding between MacGruber and Vicky St. Elmo. Yeah, they did it. They made it. And then the colonel is there in the audience. <laughs> yes. We thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Uh, and then 
Will Forte realizes a moment too late. There's a bomb up at the front of the wedding and Von Kunth is there. Yes, he lost a hand and he is very scarred in the uh, yes. explosion that happened. And But he actually succeeds in saving only Vicky, though, not the priest. And yes. uh, he... they, then they go into a really horrifying <laughs> fight in their wedding. So they they get they get into a fight, and this is where he delivers the line that he was always saving for Von Kunf, for when he finally got him. And it's just, hey, Von Kunf, suck your own dick. Yeah, and he goes to cut off his dick, but it's gone. Doesn't have it. It was lost in the nuke explosion. <laughs> and Kunf is so excited about it. He's like, I lost it. <laughs> and then they get into just a horrifying fist fight. Just disgusting, <laughs> nasty fighting. Uh, and then uh, he Kunf eventually falls off of a That's cliff. A there was a cliff there for some reason. And then MacGruber pees all over him. Yeah, it's really bad. Grabs a gun, shoots him off the cliff, fires a rocket launcher, and then pisses on his corpse. Then turns around and goes back to Vicky and says, "I do credits." (laughs) And that's the end. A plus, A plus film. Zero notes other than the empty cup gag. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely love it. Um, So happy we got to watch it. Uh, this is really, really nice. Um, Will, or yeah, Will Forte and Yorma were asking the interns because a lot of us went to the same school. They asked us, uh, "What did you guys think?" And we loved it. And then, you know, three weeks later, they seemed pretty bummed out. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. And, and so that brings us to our next segment, Nadia. So uh, obviously, all of these vehicle, all of these movies are vehicles for Saturday Night Live cast members to make the jump into film and. We take a look at how successful they were in a segment that we're calling Good For Them. And so Will Forte (laughs) was very sure he would never act again after McGruber. Um, He was like, maybe I'll get into writing. Maybe I'll uh, just retire. Like, he was very bummed about leaving Saturday Night Live. He said in interviews that was the highlight of of his career and and something that he really loves. And and those people were his family. Uh, And then a couple things happened. Uh, at the suggestion of a friend, he tried out for some dramatic roles, and he ended up uh, getting uh, the lead in Alexander Payne's Nebraska uh, with Bruce Dern, at, which was like nominated, I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and then he also worked with Lord and Miller to develop uh, a sitcom called The Last Man on Earth, yes. uh, which is incredible. Uh, if, at least season one is incredible. I assume the rest of it is too. Um, and, uh, is about, uh, him being the last man alive after a virus wipes out the rest of the Earth's population. Um, he has won three Emmys for that show, one of which is for (laughs) acting. Uh, Yes, well-deserved. And then two for writing. Uh, but on top of that, as you said, he also seems like a genuinely caring and compassionate person. He currently serves on the board of directors for the National Policy and Advocacy Center, or Council on Homelessness. Uh, and he endowed a, a research fellowship for med students at Duke. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, wow. But those are both really nice things to do. Uh, and then, of course, the other uh, lead in this film, Kristen Wiig, was basically set for life after 2011 because she co-wrote and starred in Bridesmaids, uh, which got her a Golden Globe nomination, even though that's not a real award. 
and a SAG <laughs> nomination, uh, which is also not a real award. I also no, want to no, no, sh- hey, hey, that's a union award. That's true. You, that's you that's an that award back. from the union. That's an award from the union. You so take it does that count. Back. It does count. I apologize to the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and now it's SAG AFTRA, but yes. I apologize <laughs> to the Screen Actors Guild dash American Feder- or American Film, Television, and Radio uh, Actors uh, Union. Ma- ma- do you think we should be an AFTRA? Uh, we're doing radio. Uh, I feel like we need to make at least one dollar doing this before we <laughs> before we start you know paying what? dues to. We're Aftra. gonna need to start a Patreon, and all of the extras is just all the bullshit we had to cut of us going um and like yeah. <laughs> laughing. Yeah. Um, but one other thing I want to call out from Kristen Week's career, one other uh, piece of work she did that I enjoyed very much was a show on IFC called "The Spoils of Babylon." Uh, which was a really weird fucking IFC comedy that was basically a parody of, like, the Thornbirds and other prestige miniseries starring Tobey Maguire and Kristen Wiig, hosted by Will Ferrell in character as a drunk pulp serial author. Uh, It's extremely weird. I like it, and she got an Emmy nomination for it. Oh, very cool. I've never heard of this. Uh, So check that out, The Spoils of Babylon. Very, very funny. Uh, and very, very weird. But uh, Will Forte and Kristen Wiig for being, I think, in one of the stronger SNL casts, mm-hmm. uh, for being in, I think, the best SNL movie and for going on to do great things after SNL, good for them. Good for them! This was great. Oh, also, Ryan Phillippe, was, is, after that, was on some sort of show about America. It was like a, an action show. Oh, okay. I mean, he's always going to be Cruel Intentions to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, he's nice. He's He seems like a nice guy. It was kind of you to apologize for touching Nadia's boob, although based on the conversation I just had with Nadia, seems like she was kind of into it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't need to apologize. If anything, he should have stuck around to talk to me longer. But you know what? Good we for them. Move on. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them, my boobs. Good for them. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I would be real interested to hear what commonsensemedia.org has to say about this. Well, let me tell you something, friendo. Hilariously, there was a high rating for consumerism for this movie because of the coffee shop scene. Yeah, yeah, And the handling of money. I thought that was very funny. But for the most part, people were either really into the movie the way that we were, or they were in the totally other way where they were just like, this is the most crass, most violent, most awful movie. Sure. And this is why I think this movie works. <laughs> because the adults hated it, but the children loved it. So I'm going to read to you some kid reviews. Okay. Because uh, adults just are boring. So this yeah. te- 14-year-old teen wrote, quote, it is violent, has sex, and language. These things are... These things are used to make the movie funny. If your kid is 12 to 15, it is a judgment call. It is not a great movie, but it is very funny. This teen is wrong. Yeah, uh, teen's enjoyed... wrong. It's a great movie. Right. I enjoyed the movie. If your team has trouble... This is why I love this review. If your teen has trouble telling reality from movie, this is not the movie for them. Most <laughs> teens will have no problem with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say if you have, like, severe associ- or disassociative disorders, like, yeah, don't watch a lot of SNL films. <laughs> right um this one was really sweet this is an 11 year old child that wrote this review (sighs) quote i'm in a bind so this is more of a question than a review (laughs) 
I want to see it as well as my brother, whom is 14 mm. and I'm 11. My dad says it's up to me and we will go see Iron Man 2 or something while my brother watches MacGruber tomorrow since we're going to the theater and my bro insists on watching it. We have seen the skits, love it, and are thrilled to watch the movie, but I think I might not want to open myself up to it. I mean, I know a lot of cusses and about sex, etc. I don't think there would be a lot of stuff being revealed, but I would like some of your opinions. And then nobody replied. <laughs> child i really hope he didn't go see it it's it's not for him no i i would say if you're 11 this is probably not the first movie i'd recommend no you watch wayne's world wayne's world's great uh wayne's world's a little dated i think like you'd be like who the hell is alice cooper if you were an 11 year old watching Wayne's yeah but if you're an 11 year old you're like who the hell is wayne and garth yeah that's true you know but uh, yeah, those are the only reviews that I thought were worth mentioning. Uh, overall, it um, it's a very divisive movie. <laughs> I believe it. It was polarizing at the time, but I think um, I think especially again when it's like there haven't been any SNL movies for eleven years. This was the this is the the last one. Like, there's obviously ones that are like kind of count like pop stars, like obviously a Lonely Island production. But this is the last one based on a sketch. And it's like, yeah. what fucking sketch would you even use Dude, to make a film now? Like, I can't think of anything that is... I mean, I, I would watch a Stefan movie. Maybe. For sure. Maybe. That's something. If Mulaney wrote it, yeah. I would watch that. Yeah, I would definitely... But Bill Hader is doing Barry, and it's way better yeah, that's, than yes. anything. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, I, think, I think Bill Hader's moved beyond doing Stefan now. I mean, the, I guess, the only person that Lorne has thought, oh, I, but I wouldn't say The King of Staten Island is produced by Lorne, right? It's not. It's a Judd Apatow uh, Right. So, so, you know, if you look at the cast now, the only person that I think could pull off a movie is Bowen Yang. Sure. But it would have to be about the iceberg from the Titanic. Yes. <laughs> We would just redo Titanic. So we would just put Titanic through and then just have him shoot scenes as the iceberg. Yeah. And then, but he would only be in like the the second half of the movie. The second DVD. Yeah. Of the movie. But like nobody has that kind of iconic character. No. Or presence like a Will Forte or a Andy Samberg or anything like that. And that brings me to kind of my final point. Obviously, here it probably should have. We want to be, um, we're not going to be the first, but we definitely want to add to the chorus of voices saying, congratulations to Lauren Michaels for uh, receiving the Kennedy Center honors for his contributions to comedy, whether it's Louis C.K. talking like a black woman <laughs> or Donald Trump taking hamburgers in deal or no deal to end the 2019 government shutdown. Uh, there's no limit to what uh, Lorne Michaels has had in terms of an impact on comedy. And you know what? We're not saying that... Here's the thing. Lorne is just the umbrella of which t- more talented people were working under. I don't think these... he deserved that award. But okay, that's fine. All of these people that we have talked about, Mike Myers, Will from Mike Myers, Will Forte, Dan Aykroyd, uh, fucking uh, uh, Armisen, Hater. Uh, 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 Molly Shannon, um, not Julia Sweeney, but all of these people 
have in common is that Saturday Night Live is the worst thing they've done. <laughs> yes, this is true. Not it's Pat. But yes, yes. I. It makes me a little bummed out that somebody would take the credit for it all, but I guess somebody's got to run the show. Somebody's got to run the show. So on that bleak note, any... <laughs> Any final thoughts, Nadia? I love MacGruber. I think I'm not an action movie person except for the Fast and the Furious movies and MacGruber. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say, I'm, I'm going to say best SNL film. Blues Brothers is too long. Wayne's World is good, but um, the, the ambition on display in MacGruber, I think, makes it work better. Yeah, just mad respect to Yorma as one of the greatest directors ever. Anything that the Lonely Island touches is gold, and we'll talk about that when we do Popstar. Yeah, Yorma, uh, but... absolutely brilliant. Loved you in that episode of Girls where you were the weird dude who tried to fuck uh, Allison Williams. He did, and we got to see the little tush. Oh, that's right. Yes, that was later, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was later. He's so great. I think he's just so funny, and yeah. his uh, wife is also an incredible director. Very cool people that I think deserve better. <laughs> But whatever. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we love the Lonely Island, Lorne Michaels, whatever. Uh, probably should have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll see you next week. Bye. I feel the hunger. It's a hunger that tries to keep a man awake at night. Are you the answer? I shouldn't wonder when I can feel you wet my appetite.